the point is, is that overwhelmingly earned media is for individuals who have something of value to share with a media organization. So you start to just make some connections between who you are and what you do and who the audience is of this media outlet and what that audience wants or needs. Hey, babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited today. I have my friend James Patrick with me today, and we are going to talk about all things media, brand awareness, and generating leads. So James, welcome to the show. I'd love for you to tell my audience who you are and what the heck you do. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely love the times we get to chat together. Um, I've been a photographer now for 20 years and mostly within the health and fitness space, although have definitely worked in a few other industries as well. And in that time, I have shot more than 600 magazine covers. Leaning into that, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs to help them procure media features to amplify their brand awareness or generate leads for their business. Absolutely incredible. Well, first of all, congratulations. That is like nothing to sneeze at. 600 magazine covers is absolutely incredible. And definitely make sure you guys are following him. We'll put all of his information in the show notes because he does absolutely incredible work. But I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I have heard or seen is that there is this misconception around being featured in media that like, how do I do it? How do I get started? Where do I even begin? So I would love to even just like dive into this topic. You know, I see people get a couple things wrong when it comes to landing features or getting published. And the first thing I see they get wrong is they think they need to be someone really big or someone of significant credibility. Mm-hmm. And The truth is that earned media is for you. It's for you listening to this show. I mean, in the career of all those magazine covers I've shot, I'm going to say less than 10% were anyone of a celebrity status, which means 90% of the covers that I have photographed are individuals who had something that they considered valuable that they shared with a media outlet. And that's just cover features alone. I've shot tens of thousands of interior features. Uh, uh, You know, I've run my podcast, I shoot for newspapers. The point is, is that overwhelmingly earned media is for individuals who have something of value to share with a media organization. The second mistake 
that I see some people make is they think that they need to do something really big. And once they do something really big, they'll get noticed. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. media will come to them like, oh, I launched a book. It became a bestseller. I expect the Harvard Business Review to pop in my my inbox at any time. Or, you know what? I won this competition. I expect a call from Oxygen Magazine by Monday morning. And the mm-hmm. truth is no one's looking. And that's yeah. not a critique against you. It's just that newspapers and magazines and podcasts and and digital publications, the individuals who work there, the editors, the hosts, the producers are extraordinarily busy. And they just do not have time to pay attention to everything that's going on, even within their own ecosystem. On top of that, they're getting pitched constantly by other individuals for content that they can run. So the likelihood of them seeing what you're doing is low. And also, if they do see it, the likelihood of them making all the connections to figure out how you could work for their publication gets even lower. So we have to be proactive. So it's not about waiting till you're a celebrity. That's not the point. And it's not about waiting to do something big in hopes that they will find you. It's about going to them. Oh my gosh. I love that. So for those of you guys that don't know this about me, I actually was featured in Shape Magazine and Oxygen Magazine, and they didn't knock on my front door. <laughs> they did not, you know, send me an email. I had to, you know, go out and I had to pitch and I had to do all of those things. So I love that we are actually diving into this topic. And I also want to say that, like, I didn't do anything huge to get there. I didn't like, you know, win first place in the Olympics or, you know, I didn't lose 10,000 pounds. Um, my story was just pretty simple. Um, but you know, I was pretty persistent with my messaging. So I love that we're actually going to dive into this topic. And I love that you said that, you know, you don't have to do something huge. And I think that that is such a big misconception because, you know, I think that we see as entrepreneurs, you know, people on Forbes and entrepreneur or in the, even the local newspaper. And we think that like, we have to do something really big and it actually doesn't have to be that big. So I love that you've just edified that for us. Well, it's a great way that we disqualify ourselves, right? It's like, well, I haven't done what this other person did. And we'll pick the person with the most extreme example of success or fulfillment or achievement, right? Well, I haven't done what they've done. So obviously, I can't earn what they've earned in in regards to this media feature. So it's just safer not to try, right? It's a great way of never never having to face a rejection is mm-hmm. just by disqualifying yourself before you even start. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you know, let's, let's talk about the people who have been featured, like in some of these things, I'm sure they started out small to begin with. Like maybe they did start at like the local newspaper or a local televised thing. And then they went somewhere bigger and then somewhere bigger or somewhere bigger. I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know. That's why I have you on the podcast. And I could be wrong. You don't just land on the cover of Forbes like you do the work to get to those bigger publications. Yeah, I mean, it's not likely. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, But, you know, so I think it's all about what are your goals? Okay, so let's start there, because what your goals are is actually going to determine where you even should be getting published to begin with. So for some, it might just be vanity. That could be a goal. And if it's vanity, then maybe the Forbes cover is the one and only thing that you really want. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to take a lot of work to get there. 
Yeah. Okay. And it's going to take a lot of steps to earn that vanity goal. And I'm not saying having a goal of vanity for media features is wrong. Uh, there are certain media features that I want simply because it would satisfy my ego to have them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do anything else for me, uh, but would make me feel really good about myself. Okay, fine. The second two goals are, are a little bit more intentional. One of them is authority amplification. So think of it like brand credibility. Mm-hmm. If you are a personal trainer, to be featured in a publication within the health and wellness industry would amplify the trust and authority your potential audience could have with you. Mm-hmm. So like you you mentioned Oxygen and Shape Magazine, two perfect iconic publications mm-hmm. that perfectly edify the health and wellness space for women. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's health, um, fitness magazine, self magazine, uh, all of these reinforce your position as a subject matter expert within this field. So when you use these features and you show these features and you're leveraging these features and people see them, they think, well, Jillian obviously knows what she's talking about because she's been verified. Mm-hmm. They've vouched for her. They've literally put their name next to her brand. Mm -hmm. So that's authority amplification. Now, there are going to be certain publications that will help you achieve that over others. The third is going to be lead generation. You Mm -hmm. want to land certain features because you want people to see that feature immediately enter into your sales funnel, whether it's your social media account or a landing page or a lead magnet or a sales funnel, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They become a customer of yours. Now, some might confuse authority amplification from lead generation. Just because something amplifies your authority does not mean it's going to generate leads. Let's use, actually, let's use Shape Magazine as an example. Absolutely. Let's say you are a personal trainer in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you work out of a gym. Uh, so you only do in-person training. We're just going to use the assumption you don't do any online work because yeah. it's 2008. And someone sees your feature in Shape Magazine. What is the chance <laughs> that they are in Scottsdale, Arizona and ready to hire a personal trainer at that moment? Yeah, exactly. It goes down a bit, right? Versus, let's say you land a feature in Scottsdale Health Magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, does it have the same level of authority amplification? No. Would it generate a lot more leads? You bet your ass. Yeah, it's People, brilliant. Yeah, it is It is a perfect target market publication or media outlet for generating leads. Mm-hmm. We have customers who land on their local news who will 2x their, their lead gen in a single month mm-hmm. just because of the connection that that media outlet has to their target consumer base. Mm -hmm. So you can pick and choose certain outlets based off your goals. And, you know, for us and what we do, we do a mix of it all. We do publications that amplify our authority, but we know that we have to do the marketing on those. That's not just landing the feature that we have to kind of put that into motion. We have to market it. We have to talk about it. We have to share it. We have to make it part of our zeitgeist. And then we target other media outlets to generate leads so that people find out about us and they become interested in working with us and thus 
they have a reason or an invitation to enter back into our ecosystem. So I hope that that was a real long roundabout way to answer this question of, you know, yeah, you might not land the cover of Forbes on your first attempt, but you can target other media outlets, either A, to satisfy different goals like lead generation, or B, build up your leverage Mm -hmm. so that you can start to target bigger and bigger media outlets. No, it made it makes perfect sense. And I'm even thinking about like, you know, like like we have a, a magazine here in, in Michigan called Our Detroit, like H-O-U-R, Our Detroit. And like the doctors that get featured in that, like obviously that's an amazing lead generator for them because like if someone's looking for a cardiologist here in Detroit, they are going to obviously pick up them because they're the best of the best cardiologists in Michigan versus getting featured in like, you know, Time Magazine and having an article written about, you know, a cardiologist in West Bloomfield, Michigan, that might be a really great feature, but the person who's reading that in California isn't driving to West Bloomfield, Michigan to get heart surgery. I um, had this uh, mentor in my photography career years ago and you know, my focus in photography, like I mentioned, has primarily been, I've always called it sports portraiture because <laughs> there didn't there didn't really used to be a quote unquote fitness industry. It was just yeah. athletes and taking portraits of athletes. And eventually this, this subset of fitness was, was birthed, you know, circa 2008, 2009, and has absolutely erupted and become its own, really its own standalone industry. But I'm I'm shooting all this sports portraiture and I'm shooting you know, for oxygen. I'm shooting for fitness. I'm shooting for inside fitness, for men's health. And my mentor said, well, who are you trying to grow your business with? I said, well, I really want to expand more into other types of publications. And he says, well, if you're only shooting for, you know, let's say oxygen, mm-hmm. how many of your target audience, which my target audience at the time were photo editors or creative directors. How many are picking up oxygen? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. He says, not a lot. <laughs> Let's say we get you published in People Magazine. How many are picking up People Magazine? Mike will tell me. He says, probably about a hundred times more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. So I light bulb kind of goes off over the head. Okay. So even, even me who works in the media, what features I'm earning can help generate leads in different ways. So it's all about, it's not a shotgun approach. It's, it's, it's targeting. What are my goals and what are the outlets that can help move me incrementally closer to achieving those goals? It's so good. It's literally so good. I think this is going to be such a great episode for people to really listen to. And again, really for them to really be focused in on like, what are the sources that they're using? So now they're listening to this episode and they're like, okay, I'm onto this. I want to actually work on pitching or getting published. What are some steps that somebody can do to get published? So the first thing is to do some, some light diving in on the media outlets you want to pitch to. So you figured out, okay, here are X number of magazines, these podcasts, which, you know, side note, podcasting is number one when it comes to lead generation. Um, Here are some, some TV shows that I'd like to pitch to. Here are some digital publications I would like to pitch to. Another side note, never bat an eye at digital features. Mm-hmm. Like some might think, well, I want to land in a print magazine, but that's vanity. Yeah. Landing a digital publication, one is the same level of authority because you're still published with the same publication, but two is a much easier inroad for lead generation because 
it hyperlinks right into your sales funnel or into your Instagram or into your landing page or whatever it is. All I have to do is click your name and now I'm in your world Mm -hmm. versus I see in a print magazine and at some point I have to remember to look you up later. Yeah. Okay. Digital features are exponentially valuable. Um, So you figure out here are the publications that or or media outlets that I want to target. We need to know how you can fit within what they do. And that's just a little bit of research. So that's the first step. So in a magazine, what are the features that they run? Could you see yourself fitting into any of these features? You know, like I can look at, you know, we have a local magazine here and every issue they have a food and beverage section. Every issue, they have a style section. Every issue, they have a wellness section. Okay, well, which of these sections am I aligned with? And can I contribute anything of value to any of these sections? You know, you find a podcast. Well, who's their target audience? Could I add anything or can I speak to anything of value to this target audience? So you start to just make some connections between who you are and what you do and who the audience is of this media outlet and what that audience wants or needs. Uh, Another fun thing we like to do, especially when it comes to targeting magazines, we'll go to a magazine's website and we'll actually go to the advertising section of a magazine's website. So usually it's, it's at the footer of the website. It'll say advertise with us, click on that. And on the advertising page of a magazine's website, there'll be what's called the media kit, download the media kit. Now the media kit will have all the ad rates, should you ever want to run an ad, but that's not where we're downloading it. What it also has is their entire year of an editorial calendar, meaning that media kit is going to tell you what every single issue of that publication is going to be about for the next 12 months. So you know that in three months, they're doing a runner's issue and you happen to be an expert at talking or speaking or writing about running, or they're doing a food and beverage issue in six months, and you'd be perfect to align yourself to this month. Showing that you know what they have coming up, it's like that that hidden like card that 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 just wins you the hand. Okay. It's like you are perfectly aligned because you did that just that little bit of research. Yeah, a little recon you can match with them. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the first step. And it, you know, research is one of those things you just kind of do forever. There's no, there's no finish to it. It's just you're just constantly having your head on a swivel. What what's out there? What's 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 really trending with my audience right now? What are they consuming? What are they listening to? What podcasts are popping up that that seem to be getting momentum within my target audience? What publications are they really invested in? And that will evolve over time. So what you're pitching to kind of shifts over time as well. And that's okay. So that's really the first step in this is the research. The second step is the actual pitch. And this will get overthought, but I want the pitch to be incredibly simple. And and the reason people overthink is like, well, I have to, I have to script the perfect email or letter or message or whatever it is. And it needs to be so flawless because I only got one shot at this. Yeah. The truth is you you don't just have one shot at this. <laughs> um, <clears throat> here's your pitch. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I want to do for you. That's it. That's a pitch. That's mm-hmm. all it needs to be. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I want to do for you. And that third point, what I want to do for you is the most important point. 
It's not about so, you guys. Uh-uh. The who I am and what I do is like half a sentence. Mm-hmm. I'm James Patrick, and I'm a commercial and editorial photographer. That's it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to do for you. And then you can put forth your ideas, your creativity, your value of what you want to offer that publication or that podcast or that TV show. I would like to contribute an article on this topic for your wellness section. I know you have the runner's issue coming up. I actually would love to write an article about the 10 tips I have to individuals running their first half marathon, mm-hmm. all right? Whatever it is, you get to think creatively. So all you really need are a few topical ideas that you can position in front of this media outlet. Now, the thing about topical ideas are, what are the top questions you get asked the most? What do people come to you for advice for? What are you known for? What are you subject matter expert in already? Mm -hmm. This is where you start to pull these topics from. And by the way, you can take a single topic and extrapolate it into dozens of subtopics, or you can, you can niche it into, you know, uh, seasonal topics or trendy. I mean, this is where you can. Sky's the limit guys. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you want to think about like, topics that get featured this that was back in your research portion just look at what they're running like mm-hmm. look at the headlines of articles look at look at the 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 headlines of podcasts that they're pumping out like they're they're telling you what they want to run yeah by running it um here's the thing about pitching you're going to send that pitch and chances are you're not going to hear back mm-hmm. i love that you said that yeah 90 percent of people stop right there mm-hmm. i didn't hear back they didn't like it i'm not good enough the truth is, is they probably didn't see it mm-hmm. or they did see it and they're real busy. So they put it in a folder and they'll look at it later. Yeah. I, I get, and I don't, you know, I don't have like a podcast that is, <clears throat> you know, burning down the internet. Mm-hmm. My podcast does okay. And I get about a pitch or two a day yeah. for my show. So anywhere between, I don't know, 400 and 700 pitches in a year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, even for me to read. hundred okay? percent. And yeah, I mean, I, I get a pitch or two a day, you guys, and my podcast is 30 episodes in. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I, what I do is I just kind of like, I give it a cursory glance. And if it seems even somewhat relevant, I just put it in a folder to look later. Mm-hmm. And if it's not relevant at all, I just delete it. That's it. And so I didn't respond to anything. Mm-hmm. All I did is decide, am I going to look at this later or not? And later may never come if I'm being completely honest. Because how often do we dive through those folders in our email inbox? I don't. Like it's kind of like that to-do list that you kind of put into a folder not to look at again. Yeah. So a lot of people will end up sending me a follow-up. Mm-hmm. And then I see it again. And I remember the first time I saw it. And now I'm paying a little bit closer attention to it. Mm-hmm. And now I'll start to see, could this actually work for my show or not? And, and they actually cared enough to follow up, I'm assuming. Yeah, it helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, we were afraid of following up because one, we thought we were already rejected, but two, we're afraid we're going to bother someone. Yeah. You're really not. I, no. I don't. It, I've never been bothered by someone following up. No. Like, I mean, if you're sending a daily message, that might yeah. be a little much. But like, let's say you follow up like in your initial first pitches, like once a week or once every other week or once every couple of how is that offensive? Mm-mm. Would that bother you? I don't, I doubt it. Not at all. But we're, we're too afraid to overstep 
our boundaries. And the truth is, is it can take between eight and 12 pitches, mm-hmm. eight and 12. Now, some, maybe one or two, hey, that's great. You, you knocked it out. But for a lot, especially very busy editors or hosts or producers, eight to 12, which means you got to be pitching a lot, which means you got to be keeping track, which means it's about repetition. So how to pitch or how to repitch or how mm-hmm. to follow up. Uh, do not or try not to send an email that says, just following up to see if you got this. Don't do so annoying. That. So annoying, you guys. <clears throat> because now I just feel bad that I didn't respond. Right. And now that I fe- now you've made me feel bad. So I really don't want you on my show. No, it's not that. But <laughs> when you follow up, follow up to do one of two things. Number one, add more context or validation to your idea. Mm-hmm. Hey, circling back around, here's why I think this idea matches your audience. Following back up, here's some data that reinforces why this idea matters. Or by the way, I just did this other interview on the same topic at this other show to give you an example of what I can talk about. Or, hey, this other article got published. I didn't write this, but it just shows that this is in the conversation right now. I just want you to know that that's why I want to write about this for you. Mm -hmm. You're validating or adding extra context to your idea. And if that doesn't work, send a new idea. Hey, if that idea doesn't work for you, no worries. Here's another one. Hey, if if that doesn't resonate with you, I know you also feature this other section. Here's an idea I have for that. And you can do that forever, by the way. That's ongoing. And also, also, never hurts to send a follow-up where you just give a little gratitude at something that they recently did. Yes. And actually, like, you got to be honest about it. Like, so when, when I get the one that says, dear James, we loved your recent interview with copy and paste Jillian Murphy talking about yes. how to sell online. Thank you so much for sharing that episode. I know that was a copy and paste email where you just plugged in a headline for my name. recent yeah. episode. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know that because you didn't clear your formatting on your email. So it came through as a different font. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I get it. I get it. Like we want to make things easier, but it doesn't take long to be like, Hey, I listened to this episode. I loved when you talked about this. Thanks so much. Or, Hey, I read your letter from the editor. This is why I liked it. I will tell you, like I was a journalist in college before I got into marketing and journalists are some of the least thanked people on the planet. When I worked at a newspaper and I was in my early twenties, I remember every issue of the newspaper, someone would send us after it came out, like a few days later, someone sent us our own newspaper back to us with red ink all over it, pointing out every single error they could find in the newspaper. That's just an example of how unthanked we are. Mm-hmm. That the only gifts we get are people critiquing how, how, how often we had a, a grammatical error or typo or um, misquote in, in our thing. So you know what? A little gratitude goes a long way. Um, so it's not a matter of if you'll get opportunities. It's a matter of when you will. They, I've never had a client not land something. But when you land it, this is where your work actually begins. And this is the third step. You have to over deliver. Mm-hmm. You have to reinforce 
why they took a chance on you because they took a chance on you. Jillian, you interview someone for your show, you're taking a chance on them. Because if you air a show and you interview someone who's a complete jackass Mm -hmm. or, or, or or is, is a complete mail-in, like they, they weren't even invested in talking to your audience. Yeah. You might lose listeners. Absolutely. That hurts you. Mm -hmm. So you took a chance by airing someone's interview. And if that person doesn't take that seriously, it's felt it's known. We know when we give people opportunities and they don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. it's offensive. Yeah. I couldn't agree um, more with that one. It's rare. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, be, be a downer on it. It is totally rare, but it does happen. And it happens enough that if you do the work, if you show up, if you reinforce why they took a chance on you, they're going to be so overly appreciative and grateful for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. They actually did what they said they were going to do. That's awesome. Four step is you stay in touch. Mm-hmm. The number of people we give features to who do not stay in touch is astounding. Yeah. If it took eight to 12 points of contact for an editor to notice you, would it not make sense that the more you work with a media outlet, the more the audience has a chance to get to know you? I mean, if your goal is just vanity, so be it. You know, yeah. you land your feature, you're happy. This is why we have individuals who take one article in a magazine and turn it into multiple articles in a magazine, turn it into a column in a magazine, turn it into a large pictorial, turn it into a cover. That's massive exposure, not just once, but on a repetitive basis to that publication's audience. If you are trying to entrench yourself with the audience of this media outlet, that is how you do it. And the best way is you stay in touch with these editors, with these journalists, with these podcast hosts. And when you stay in touch, you find out what they need next, how you can be of value to them next, how you can be of service to them next, which means you've already done the research again. So the circle just continues and it goes around and around and around. And this is how we start to leverage these features to build that momentum. You guys, this was probably one of the most like strategized episodes. If you guys go back and listen to this episode and literally do what James said, like step by step, you will be blown away. I guarantee by like what he just dropped. This is very easily. Like I say, sometimes like a six figure episode, James, thank you so much for everything that you just dropped. I would love my audience to know where can they find you? Thank you so much for having me on. It's something that I've used for the last 20 years of my career and I see the power in it. And it's just really exciting when I get to see others implement it as well. Yes. Uh, your audience, they can follow me on Instagram at jpatrickphoto. And also, you know, part of this is being able to track what we do, right? Yeah. And being able to have some system. Uh, I recently just released a action-oriented planner. I call it the legacy planner. It is a planner where you set your annual goals. You turn those into quarterly plans monthly action items, weekly sprints, and daily tasks. It guides you for a full calendar year. Great way to track all your media pitching efforts. Uh, If you go to jamespatrick.com forward slash legacy, you can either get a free PDF of it, meaning you can just download it and print out whatever you want to print out of it and use it as much as you like so you can actually move forward with your goals. Or there are links if you actually want to get a hard copy of as well. And that's jamespatrick.com forward slash legacy. 
Incredible. You guys, we will definitely put all of the information in the show notes as well. I know I am absolutely going to grab one of those planners for 2023 because you guys know I am a paper planner type of person. James, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for pouring so much into my audience. I am so insanely grateful for you. You guys go over, follow James, slide into his DMs, say hello, and go grab yourself one of those planners. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.